And welcome into Gator Bites on the 1010XL.com podcast network. Also being simulcast on the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. Today's Gator podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. That includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the Beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. He is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker Ryan Green. Spring football began earlier this week, and Mike White is now the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. Quite a lot, Denny, has transpired since the last time you and I got together. Heartbreaking. <laughs> well, all right. So I've been, torn, I've been torn up about it. Yeah, let, let's begin there. All right, well, because we'll get to spring ball in a moment. Um, I think it's it's a win for all parties involved. Georgia gets an upgrade. I mean, Mike White's a middle of middle mid forties, relatively young basketball coach, has made numerous NCAA tournaments. He goes to a program that's appeared in the Sweet Sixteen, I believe, one time in school history. I heard that stat earlier this week. Georgia, one Sweet Sixteen in school history. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of pressure on Mike White. So Georgia gets an upgrade. Mike White gets a fresh start. And Florida did not have to fire the quote-unquote nice guy. Florida did not have to fire the good guy that that has made the Florida program a good program. But they also don't have to pay the $8 million to fire him either. And Florida gets a fresh start. So for all parties involved, Denny, I think it's a win all the way around. Yeah, no, I I think you're right. I, I agree with that. I just, I don't think Florida was going to fire him. That's one thing that. Like it's a little bit weird to me, um, but you said about Georgia, and I keep hearing you know people talk about Florida. You know, it's a hard job; it's hard to win at Florida. Billy was different, all that kind of stuff. Well, I mean, if that's the case, then what's the difference in Florida and Georgia? You know what I mean? Like, like I mean, I would Georgia at least has recruited. The top player in the country recently. Yeah. Right? I remember back in the day when they had Jarvis Haynes and Jonas Haynes. They were pretty good back then. Yeah. So I think on some level, like people just have to – I say people because I don't care enough about like really digging into I want my team to win, period. I I don't really care where they're at or who the coach is or I don't have any personal vendettas against anybody. I just want them to win, right? But if you're going to tell me that – well, Mike White was doing a phenomenal job because he made the tournament these times and and Florida's not a basketball school, then I guess that should be my expectation. Yeah. Okay, then let's then whatever the hire is, and I should not get overly excited and I should not have, you know, big expectations for Florida because the the experts are telling me that Mike White was phenomenal at his job, and that's what Florida is in reality. So I, I don't I don't believe that though. I don't believe that. I believe they need facilities upgrades just like they do in everything else. Um, I believe there needs to be more energy around the program, but I also believe that it has happened before at Florida where you can recruit. I'm not saying you're Duke or North Carolina or Kentucky or any of those comp- or, um, schools, but you you should be, my expectation, you should be a top 25 program. Is that unreasonable? I don't think so. No, absolutely not. It's also not unreasonable to think Florida should go to the Sweet 16 at least once in five years which they have not well, done. Well, if you're truly a top 25 program, then you do that, right? Like yeah. you get a good draw and you end up, you know, winning two games in the tournaments and your tournament, you're in there. I mean, it's as if Florida, and, and look, it was almost getting exhausting because there's so many arguments that went into this. At the end of the day, 
Mike White's a Georgia Bulldog and the head coach of the Georgia Bulldogs. I'm personally happy about that, that Florida gets to restart. I'm not saying Mike White was terrible. I'm not even saying Mike White was bad. He was an average to slightly above average coach. But I believe at a program like Florida, it's not unreasonable to want more than being the nine seed in your own conference. It's not unreasonable to want more than having seven of your nine players transfers from the likes of Cleveland State, Boston College, and Louisiana Tech. I'm going to say he's bad. You said you're not going to say he's bad. I'm going to say he's bad because I'm going to put it this way. If any other profession that you have, you have the same thing happen over and over and over again almost every single day that you go to work, and it's not good. Yeah. And in his case, scoring droughts, things like that, you, you, you're not going to be considered an upper echelon employee. And the fact that he could never figure that out or fix that, or to your point, you know, the, the whole roster management was a little bit weird under Mike White the whole time he was there. Maybe he's young. Maybe he figures that out at Georgia. Maybe he has success. Maybe I mean, I don't care. I hope he does. But at Florida, he was not good, period. And what not good means is bad. And there's no denying the fact that in seven years at Florida, the likes of Tennessee, Alabama, Auburn, LSU, Texas A&M, not to mention the likes of Kentucky and Arkansas, they passed you in the Southeastern Conference. No doubt, no doubt. They are better basketball programs right now than you are in 2022. And when Mike White inherited the program, people that that want you to hear one side of the argument will tell you, oh, well, Billy Donovan was 16 and 17 his last year, and that's what Mike White inherited. Yeah, Florida was also in the Final Four, Mm -hmm. Billy's second to last year. Mm -hmm. So, again, however you want to frame your argument is how you will frame your argument. The bottom line is Mike White's gone. What's next for Florida? I don't know. I'll tell you this. I look at a team like Murray State. They win their conference every year. They have really good players every year. Here's an idea. Go go talk to that guy. I, I don't want the – nothing against Anthony Grant, but, but no. Go somewhere else. Don't go from the Billy Tree – or certainly the Mike White tree, go out there and get somebody that maybe hasn't even been affiliated with the program. Yeah, I'm not going to begin to know, to act like I know about the up-and-coming I'm coaches. Not, I, I, I just look at Murray State no, 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 and they're I hear good what you're saying, every year. I, I think what I'm saying is I, I think you know, I'm very involved football-wise, so I, I, I kind of know what's going on there, but I'm like every other fan when it comes to basketball. I don't care how it happens just win yeah like whoever you hire i'm not going to get overly excited about i'm not going to I'm, I'm i don't i'm probably not going to know much about them um i just want to see what happens next year on the basketball court does it look different is it fun to watch does it i mean there was a time that the odome was rocking that it was hard to get tickets is that the case again is it an exciting brand of, of basketball and if if it's not then i'm probably going to do like i did the last two years which is if it's convenient, I'm going to watch for a little while. But if it's not, then I'm probably not going to watch it. And I got to tell you, too, um, the NIT, I think they play tonight. We're recording this on Wednesday. I have no idea how they're going to come out and play. I hope for those those kids that they come out and play hard and make a little bit of a run. It'd be cool to go to Madison Square Garden into the NIT semis and finals. I don't know if they'll make it that far, certainly. But it's just an odd situation. In fact, because of the Mike White news – 
I'm almost surprised they accepted the NIT bid because it's it's clunky now with everything going on to think that they actually play a basketball game tonight. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's yeah, that is a little odd. And they play Rick Pitino of all of all teams. Oh, do they really? Rick Pitino is the head coach of, of Iona. Oh, yeah, yeah. I didn't. I see. I didn't even know that. I've been I've been traveling a lot, so I didn't even know who they were playing or that they were playing tonight. That's how. You know, disconnected and uninterested I am in Florida basketball. And and before anybody gets on to me about that, like I will admit, I am a casual fan. If You're I'm a gonna football watch, guy. Yeah, if I'm going to yeah. watch basketball, I'm going to watch Florida. Um, I'm going to pull for Florida if they're on, but I'm just not. I'm a bigger NBA guy than I am a college basketball fan. Well, and my thing too, and again, maybe this is just me, although I got a feeling this will be a uh, a prevailing thought. The NCAA tournament is set to get underway. It's already gotten underway. Two teams were eliminated last night. You'll have two more games tonight, and then you will have the first round in unison beginning Thursday, which is tomorrow. But with Florida not in and with Florida State not in and you know a UNF or a JU not making a run, I mean, I'm going to watch it, but here locally, it's just it's kind of odd, right? Yeah, yeah, I don't yeah. think I have near the excitement about it that I would even have if Florida was an 11 seed knowing they were going to get boat race tomorrow or Friday, there would still be some level of excitement. The fact that they're not there, it's only the fifth time in the last, I believe, 24 years that Florida has not made the NCAA tournament. Yeah, I think the whole thing has kind of a weird feel to it, too. I mean, Tom Brady dropping his news during the selection show the other day. like It's just, it kind of snuck up on, I think, a lot of people if you're not in one of those, you know, blue blood states. Um, but at the end of the day, it's still the NCAA tournament, and once it's on, I'll be dialed into it as much as I can. Um, it's a blast. It's it's like that weekend, um, busiest weekend in Vegas every year. Like it is, it is a national, basically long weekend holiday, and so all your sports bars will be packed on Thursday and Friday. It's fun. No, it is, fun. and you want your yeah. team playing in that. You want to have a vested interest. Um, and and if it's not, it makes it it doesn't make it nearly as fun. Yeah, I know. Um, last year or two years ago when we lost it due to COVID, that was horrible. Last year, remember, it was in the entire yeah. state of, or was it Indiana? It is in Indianapolis. I was yeah, I was actually there. Every game yeah. was in Indiana, so now it's somewhat back to normal. By the way, if you are interested tonight, nine o'clock for Florida and Iona in the first round of the NIT. Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you. By Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for the highest quality care, you can rely on Southeast Orthopedic Specialist for any orthopedic injury or concern. You can log on to their website by going to se-ortho.com, and you can listen for Southeast Orthopedic Specialist, the good doctor, Kevin Murphy, on Thursday mornings in the 7 o'clock hour with Jeff and Dan right here on 1010XL for his weekly analysis of injuries in sports. Billy Napier, spring football, year number one, officially got underway yesterday, back on the field today. I know you've trained Anthony Richardson. You've known Anthony Richardson for many years. Have you had any conversation with Anthony in the last week or two as spring football gets underway? Yeah, he spent spring break with me. So oh, he was, okay. Yeah, he was here last week. Um, we got a lot of work in. How's he looking? A lot better than I thought he would because he just got cleared. Uh, and he's not even like – I don't think he's going to fully take – I don't know. I don't, I don't know how much of spring – I shouldn't say that. I don't know how much he's going to take part in spring. But from a throwing standpoint, it's the first time since the season that we've had the opportunity to 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 get after it a little bit. 
And so, you know, coming in, it was like, all right, I don't, I don't really know, you know, where he's going to be, all that kind of stuff. And, and from the start, he had a couple of mechanical issues that the previous staff had kind of coached him up on something that I disagree with and he didn't really like. Um, so once we got those kind of smoothed out, uh, he looked phenomenal last week. You mean the quarterback whisperer, Dan Mullen, did some things that might not have... I'm not going to say it was Dan Mullen, but it, it was it, it was kind of old school and a little, I don't know. It took him out of, Anthony's a very fluid thrower. Like if you've ever seen, when you watch Anthony, it just looks smooth. You know what I mean? Like mm-hmm. it's it looks effortless. And so, you know, with our guys, what we do is when we get a guy like that, then we don't want to hinder that. Like, we don't want to say, hey, your arm needs to be here. Your arm needs to be here. You know, I know all you, you know, Twitter warriors and all that kind of stuff will say, well, his arm needs to get up or his, you know, stop patting the ball. So all of that's a farce. Literally all of it is a farce. Like, wherever you're, wherever you're most effective throwing is where you need to throw. And so we kind of found that groove again last week, and he found it really, really quickly. And he was in with a bunch of really good college players. And he stood out. Like, he's just that natural of a thrower and he's that natural of an athlete um that after you know 200 throws he's back he's good and so we we put a lot of work in we got a lot of throws in last week um at the end of the week he looked absolutely phenomenal do we believe by we meaning do you believe denny thompson that there is a quarterback competition beginning this spring or is it clearly anthony richardson's job well let me ask you this before i answer that who would the quarterback competition be with? Well, I mean, obviously, Emory Jones is still right. in the building. Jack Miller is a new arrival, former Ohio State commitment. That's probably it. I don't think Del Rio or Kitna would be in the competition. Yeah, I don't think there is a competition. I think it's Anthony's. I think if there were, I don't think it would be Jack Miller. I think it would be Emory. I think we would run that back. But, you know, from the reports I got yesterday or from what I read yesterday, actually, it was pretty clear the arm talent mm-hmm. with with Anthony yesterday, and I think that's probably the first practice he's ever had where he really took the majority of the reps and he set the tone, right? Because even Georgia week, he didn't find out he was starting until you know late that week. So you know, I think the more people see, and by people I mean the new staff, and I've I've talked to them. I know they're excited about him, super excited about him. The more they see what this kid is capable of doing even without his legs, because that's the good thing, is let's say right now he's limited. Well, that's going to force him to spend a spring in the pocket. He can do that. Mm-hmm. He can do that. He's perfectly he's perfectly capable of it. So I think once people see that, even if there is a competition in people's heads right now, I think that goes away pretty quickly. Outside the quarterback room, is there anything else that you're really intrigued by this spring, whether it's any of the new arrivals, any of the different positions, replacing you know, guys like Zach Carter, Kyer Elam. What are you looking for that's, I guess, non-quarterback related this spring? Yeah, I, I think I'm really interested in the running back room because I think there's a lot of speed and a lot of potential there. Um, you've got, you know, that's what running back room has got two five stars in it. Yeah. Right. With uh, Bowman and Lingard. Yeah. Yeah. So and a four star with ETN who has. I don't even. He, he, I guess has he arrived yet? I don't think so. Oh, he committed no, the Under Armour uh, yeah, game, right? Yeah, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. But there's a lot. And then you got the guys from last year that are back. Yeah, with Naquan Wright. Right. Yeah. So I think there's a lot that you can do there. Um, there's a lot of speed in that room. You got the uh, kid from Louisiana. That's right. 12 touchdowns. That's so right. It was a transfer. Right. So, and if you watch Billy Napier, 
You know, he likes the formation. He likes to spread the field out in order to create running lanes. And so now if you put, you know, a good offensive lineup, which I think they're going to be, you know, pretty decent offensive line-wise, if you put a good offensive lineup there and you've got a quarterback who can stretch the defense both with his arm and his legs, and then you've got running backs who are home run hitters, that's really hard to defend. Like we, it's a, it's, we've seen it a million times in college football. It's really hard to stop that. So I want to see, I'm really interested in that running back room. Or, are they as explosive as we all think they are? Or is there a reason why Lingard and Bowman didn't make it at their first stop? Today's Gator Bites podcast is brought to you by Southeast Orthopedic Specialist. They're Northeast Florida's leading orthopedic center, providing an unparalleled level of care across numerous locations. That's in both Jacksonville and St. Augustine. And that includes Riverside, Northside, the Southside, the beaches, Fleming Island, and St. John's. Now, I got to tell you, um, a lot of schools have this, and it's certainly a good to have. You go on social media, but I didn't see it a lot with Dan Mullen's staff. Certainly didn't see it a lot with Jim McElwain's staff. Denny, you go on Twitter every day, and there's a four-star or a five-star in the class of 2023 that's scheduling a visit to Florida. Mm -hmm. This four-star says, can't wait to be in Gainesville on this weekend. This five-star, can't wait to be in Gainesville that weekend. It's every day. Now, I don't know how many of these guys they're going to land. They might not land any of them, but good grief are they getting a lot of on-campus visits by some of the best 100 players in the country. They're playing the game. Oh, man. They're playing the game now. And, and the, you know, to be fair to Mullen and his staff, you know, the last two years has been very limited because of COVID, but who can come and when they can come and how you can go evaluate them, stuff like that. But Florida is all in on the game. Like Florida has the numbers staff-wise. They have the structure now to where they can play that same game that Alabama and Georgia and those guys are playing. And so they they can they can canvas the whole country and they can they can do what they need to do to get guys on campus, right? Because that's the first step. The first step is it's not identifying talent. It's can we at least get them here? Mm-hmm. Like even if they get here and there's not a good vibe between them and us or us and them or whatever it is, then we can kind of hit eject on that. But you can't form a relationship over the phone when everybody else is getting the guys on campus. Right. And so even before you officially offer a kid or something like that, you like to have him in your facility. And then when this new facility opens up, which I think is June, uh, something like that, I think you see that ramp up even more. And it's far enough along now where you can take guys through it. Mm-hmm. You can take guys you can go, look, it's right there. This is what's going to be. Yeah, it's not it's not gonna happen. It's happening. Right. Like it's it's for sure by the time you get here, it'll be broken in. And they've got, you know, a million renderings of this thing. And basically, you can walk virtually through it now, I'm sure. Right. So it, I, I think. And they got the spin room. Everybody's got the spin room. You see. Yeah. Now they don't have weird Brian Kelly on the stage dancing with them. Have you ever Nate. seen one of those? Uh, I have. Um, yeah. They had one at the Jaguars. Yeah. Though, yeah. Like yeah. yeah. Years it's actually ago. less than flattering. Like it's weird. It's thing, weird. Yeah. Particularly when Brian Kelly's on the stage with you. Yeah. Yeah. Bless Brian. Brian yeah. B- Billy Napier has gone that route. This weekend, actually. Oh, there you go. Yeah. Um. Yeah, no, but I think they're, you know, they're able to play that game now. They're able to get the guys. There's a there's an excitement around the staff and there's an excitement with the staff in recruiting. That's the biggest thing that I've seen. You know, Marcus Stokes, for example, is going there 
not this weekend, but next. That's the Ponte Vedra Nice quarterback. Right, right. Was in Miami last week. Um, you know, has all these visits, you know, planned. Probably the hottest. It's not not the best. I mean, Nico and those guys out and 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 Malachi and Arch, like they are phenomenal. Um, that's the top of that class. But Marcus is the hottest guy going in the country. Right you know, now. the green arrow, that's next to Marcus Stokes' that's right. name. That's right. And so when you talk to Marcus, yeah, I, yeah, I want to go see Florida. Yeah. I absolutely want That's a priority for me. Trayon Webb, running back Trinity yep. Christian, same thing. Guy was committed to Oklahoma, decommits when Lincoln Riley leaves, everybody and their brothers recruiting him. Billy Napier's put on the full court press. I think Webb's they've been there twice already. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so I'm – I'm excited to hear, you know, because I work very closely with Marcus. Marcus is like one of our core guys. And so I'm excited to hear the feedback from him, not just at Florida at every place, but, you know, obviously I always want to hear a little extra when it comes to Florida. Let me ask you this in closing as we wrap up. And I'm sure we have this conversation during the signing period, but, but you've piqued my interest. Why is Billy Napier and his staff good recruiters? Like, what If I were to ask you, and you've been a high school coach, you're now in the game where you train quarterbacks. I mean, you know a good recruiter from a non-good recruiter. What makes a coach or a staff good at recruiting? It's uh, it's the same thing as any normal sales job. Do you have a good product? Yes. Are you excited? Yes. Can you find somebody that what you have fits them? Right? Like if I'm if I'm trying to sell you something you don't need or you can't use, it's no good. Right? So I think Napier and his staff have spent time. They have a very clear vision with who they're recruiting and what they are selling, right? And here's who it fits, and here's who we fit. Here's who fits us. And so when you take all of the BS away from that, when you when you stop just trying to get guys on campus because they are a five-star, and you're going after guys that you can offer something to, and they can offer something to you, and it's kind of a mutual – it's mutually beneficial, then I think your, your numbers go up. But the biggest thing, you know, going back to that sales analogy – is if you're trying to sell something you're not excited about or you don't like your job, you're not going to be good at it, mm-hmm. right? They like their job. They like the recruiting aspect. They're excited about Florida. They're excited about the things that that the, the administration at Florida has provided to them, right? So I think and, – and Florida's shown a lot of trust in Napier, a ton of trust, giving him a ton of money. And I'm not talking about him personally. I'm talking about staff-wise, recruiting budget-wise, all that stuff. And so I think there's a level of urgency there with him too because he wants that to continue, right? And and I get the sense that this staff wants to be at Florida for a long time. This is their baby. This is what they want to bring up, right? And so you put all that stuff together, and I think at the end of the day, you get excited guys um, recruiting good athletes who are excited to come check your school out. And you hear the stories about two-hour sessions of Xbox yeah. the night before signing day, which is uh, reportedly so, what helped land Shamar James in I'm December. I'm just going to admit to y'all, that seems so miserable to me. Recruiting... God bless y'all. Like I, I cannot imagine chasing seventeen-year-olds around the country and playing Xbox with them. Like I, that takes a special person. It's, it's a hard breed. Yeah, it's hard. It's a hard gig. It's the reason why they make so much money. Um, there's not enough money to pay me to sit there and play Xbox with the kid for two hours before signing day. <laughs> Sorry, well, y'all don't have that that kind of money. Hopefully, Shamar James turns out to be a really good player. Off to Baton Rouge for you, huh? Yeah. You're like a a world traveler these days. It's crazy, man. The Elite 11 circuit has started back up, and so we were in Orlando this weekend. 
course, I got my weekly trips to Naples, and then I'm Baton Rouge, back to Naples, then to Arizona. Wow. So, yeah. You are the man. Yeah, yeah. No, I'm just tired. You are impressive. I don't know, <laughs> I don't know about that. I'm just tired. That is Denny Thompson. I'm the hacker, Ryan Green. Thank you for watching and listening to Gator Bites here on 1010XL.com and the Florida Gator 1010XL Facebook page. We will talk to you guys next week.